today is January the 8th, 2015. Yes. Correct? Yes. And I'm here with Robert L. Cooley. Bob, would you, you like to be called Bob? Yes. What's the L stand for? I don't generally mention it. Uh, it's a kind of a family story. Uh, my middle name is Lorraine, and I don't ever tell people that. Uh-huh. And my uh, dad said it was because mother had an old boyfriend named Lorraine Clayton, who my dad called pocketbook ears because he didn't like mama to have a history of uh, knowing any other boys, I guess. But that's how I got the name. But I thought I got it from the kitchen stove because the heat control on the oven was a Lorraine was the brand name of, on her cook stove in the kitchen when I was a little boy. Oh wow, that is a great story. <laughs> but people made fun of me because that's a girl's name kind of, and I didn't ever care for it, so um, I didn't ever use it. Okay. Um, so what is your earliest memory growing up? Can we start there? Yes, uh, my earliest memories are about living over at my grandmother's, my maternal grandmother, Malice Smith. And my mother was in the hospital in Kansas City. And so I stayed with my grandma and grandpa part of the time. And my mother's sister, Tom and Leona White, lived here. And mama's first cousin, Mabel Cook. And I stayed with them for a couple of years that my mother was gone, she had some serious health issues and uh, and I would move from kind of place to place and that's the earliest thing I can remember, not sleeping in the same bed every night and kind of moving from here to there and everybody was always nice to me except mother had two little brothers, one four years older than I was and one six years older. Well, the four-year-old didn't think I was all that great because then I was sitting on Grandpa's lap instead of him, you know, and so he was, of course, jealous of me, and he worked me over frequently, and so that's my earliest memories was, I don't know, feeling like a vagabond, I guess, or something. My, of course, we didn't have my sister yet. She's six years younger than I was. And that's the earliest thing I can remember, I guess. Did did you go to school? You went to school here in Independence? Lincoln School, yes. And uh, I was in the group, that, the first group that ever went to Lincoln School. They were building it. Uh, they tore the old building down, and we, while they were doing that, we went down to the McKinley School, which was down at 13th and Sycamore, where the, they built those houses there now. And so we went there the first semester, and then by midterm, they had the Lincoln School ready, and so we moved over there in a brand new building. I was in the fifth grade and got brand new desks and a building and everything. It was really very nice. And you remember your teacher? Yes, my teacher's name was Nancy Denny, and uh, uh, my mother's first cousin was a teacher of the fourth grade. Her name was Maud Fortner, and she later moved to Mexico City and started a school down there for uh, American kids. And uh, her husband was a railroader and they lived in Mexico City. I went down there once to see about her when she got older. And then I was trying to think of where I was. I was moving over to Lincoln School, I guess. And 
Mr. Tomlinson was the principal, and I just got a card from a guy I walked to school with. Uh, I can't remember his first name because we called him Bruss Washington. His dad was named Harold Washington that worked over at the Sinclair building. And he was a, a black kid and uh, one of my pals. And uh, when I was going to grade school later, when I was in the fifth grade and sixth grade, we'd walk to, he lived about a block from us where we lived down on West Chestnut. And uh, so he was a friend of mine. And Robert Wesley was always a friend of mine after I got bigger. We were the two littlest guys in the phys ed class. I remember they lined us up by age and Robert Wesley and I were always on the end because we were the two shortest guys. <laughs> but uh, those are some school memories I have. Of course, I went to junior high, we called it then, uh, in the high school building. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you. When those buildings were built, the Lincoln School and the Washington School and the Lyceum Gymnasium, my dad was the architect superintendent on those projects. He, he uh, later was partners with my granddad, who was a building contractor, and it was Smith and Cooley. And then later, my dad was a general contractor. He had a compressor and air tools, did a lot of work for the city and for Sinclair and Union Gas commercial customers, but he also built several homes and uh, did a lot of work. He had, at one time, after Grandpa died, Dad had 10 carpenters that he worked every day, 10 carpenters and uh, four laborers and two painters that he worked every day. They'd meet in the warehouse, which is behind where I live now, where the shop is. And I've still got Dad's pickup, and wow. I never did sell any of his stuff. He's just out there. There are two big warehouses out behind where I live now, and I've still got all his tools. And what was your... Your dad's name and Norman. your grandfather's name? Norman L. Cooley was my dad, and Wesley E. Smith was my granddad. When he was a young man, he had a team of mules and a slip. Do you know what a slip is? It moved dirt, and he helped dig the footings for the cement plant. And before that, he worked helping build the cement plant at Lee Hunt, Do you know where that smokestack is out on Table Mound? Well, he worked out there. And I remember one time, uh, Mom, my little brother, and I, we were going to the show, picture show, and Grandpa wanted to know what we were going to see, and it was Tom Mix. And he said, that Tom Mix, he said uh, he was so lazy, he wouldn't work, so they made him sheriff of Lee Hunt. They've got a museum now in Dewey uh, with his name on it, but Granddad knew him, and he wouldn't go see him. <laughs> he didn't think much of him somehow. He wouldn't didn't work too hard, I guess, but he was the sheriff. And I know my dad told me when Grandpa was a young man doing that, my Grandpa was not very big, and he wore a, when he was working on a cement plant, he wore a gun and holster under his overalls because there were some tough old boys out there, and uh, he didn't want them picking on him, and, uh, and I guess they didn't. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> so those are some of my early memories. Then I went to junior high and, of course, high school. Then I went to college for two years. And then I went over to Pittsburgh. And I didn't stay over there too long. I got really discouraged and, and aggravated. And I was staying just by myself over there in a rented room. 
and dad made me leave my car and motorcycle at home and so I was afoot and I didn't like that very good. Do you like these kind of stories? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, the straw that broke the camel's back, we had an assignment in a uh, class that I was taking that, and I had to research it quite a bit and we had to draw some pictures of it. And Dr. Sperry was the lady's name. She'd been there for years. And so I had to go to the library several nights and I worked really hard on it and I was really kind of proud of it. So I took it up to her desk and handed it to her and she says, this was due yesterday. I said, well, I know it was, but I just didn't have it done. I've been working really hard on it and uh, now I have it done. And she just took it and dropped it in the wastebasket. And uh, I left school. <laughs> I come home, I hitchhiked home. And uh, Dad was very upset. And he said, what do you think you're going to do now? I said, well, I guess I'll have to get a job. And he said, I guess you thought maybe you'd work for me. And I said, well, I have before. We, they built, the, Dad and Granddad built the Lutheran school and we dug the basement by hand. They didn't have backhoes and stuff then. They were just all hand tools. And I helped dig that basement. Anyway, I said, I have worked for you before. He said, I'm gonna tell you, son. He said, if you're not smart enough to go to school, you're not smart enough to work for me. So I didn't. He said, what you better do is learn a trade. And he said, I don't think you're smart enough to be a carpenter either. He was really mad. So I got a job at the Independence Glass Company as an apprentice glazer. And they took me over to Joplin and I joined the Painters and Glazers Union and I worked there three years and learned the glazing trade. And at, after that, I had a chance that they were hiring a, an insurance investigator. You had to have two years of college, and which I did have that. And so I got that position on the basis of that and an interview I had with a guy that came down from Kansas City and I had an office in the professional building then for 34 years. And I had Southeast Kansas, and, and uh, it got to be a pretty good-sized territory. Toward the end, I'd go out to Wellington and Park City and up to Burlington and Pittsburgh, and you know, it, was, it got just, it just kept, when I started, it wasn't that, there were two of us here. And the guy I worked with was named Paul Black, nice guy. And he retired in 1976, and then it was just me, and I had a, the territory that we had, both had been doing, and it was just about to run me to death. So I took early retirement at age 56. If you uh, were 55 or older and had more than 30 years service, you could take early retirement. So I did that, and uh, I still get that retirement check. And uh, then uh, I had a friend that delivered mail out on Route 3, and uh, he encouraged me to go to the post office and, uh, and uh, apply up there for a part-time job. Kind of interesting, uh, when I was a kid in high school, I sacked groceries at the A&P Grocery, and Lee Kane, do you know his name, was the assistant manager at the A&P Grocery. 
And then when I was wanting that job over at the post office, he was the postmaster and he hired me. My uh, sister's husband later became postmaster at Independence, Bob Tyndall. And, uh, and I would tell people that that's how I got that job because my sister's husband worked at the post office and he got me that job, which was not true, but they call that nepotism and he couldn't have hired me if uh, he'd have wanted to, which maybe he wouldn't have anyway, I don't know. But anyhow, Lee Kane hired me and I worked there 13 years, two months, and nine days. And they were changing the way they were going to carry the routes and the way we cased the mail. The names, when we cased them, were all on the bottom and they were going to put them on the top, which was different. And we carried it just because you knew the route, you learned the route where people lived. like. It, Keyspoles lived out there, well, you knew where to put that mail. And then they were giving everybody house numbers like in town so the fire department and ambulance could find them easier, which was a good system and it was a step in the right direction. But I'd already learned all four routes where everybody lived in case from personal knowledge as opposed to a house number on some county road. I didn't know the name numbers on them either, like 10th Street's 3900, you know. Well, every road out in the country's got a county road number, and I decided I didn't want to do that, and I was 70 years old anyway, so I just have been retired since then. <laughs> um, when you were in high school, I'm going to jump way back here okay. again. When you were in high school, what subjects did you like the best? History. History? Yes. And Why I, was that? I don't know. I just enjoyed... Uh, history. I enjoyed reading about old timers in early times, and uh, it was just very interesting. I took a, all the history classes. I took English history and contemporary American history, and all of them. And then in college, at the time, I was enrolled in a pre-law course, and it required 15 hours of college chemistry for some reason. I don't know why you'd need 15 hours of chemistry to be a lawyer, but I took all those. Uh, classes at the junior college before I went over to Pittsburgh and uh, so I had that behind me but it was that was my favorite subject I really liked history and I still do I'm interested in reading historical novels I don't read a lot of nonfiction but I read a lot and, and, uh, that was my favorite subject I didn't take a math class after ninth grade algebra was the last math class I took, that was my worst subject. I, didn't, I don't know, it just didn't fit my mindset some way. I got along all right in algebra, but I didn't take any more advanced math classes because I didn't do well in them. Did you come to the library when you were a kid? Uh, no, actually not. I didn't read as much then. Uh, Grandma had a set of the Hardy Boys books, I read all those, and I read all the Tarzan books. The boys had had those, my mother's little brothers had had all those books, and they were upstairs in a closet up there on shelves, and I read all the books up there. But I don't know why we didn't come to the library. Later, my mother was a big reader and, and came to the library a lot. And uh, I don't know, when I was young, I, we just didn't we didn't do library. Uh -huh. We bought, borrowed books around, and I don't know. 
So who was the biggest influence on you um, during your life? Is there a, a person or? Well, actually, I believe it was my dad. My dad had had a difficult childhood. His dad got killed when he was six or seven, and then his mother died when he was seven. They said of a broken heart is what dad had heard the older family members, so he didn't have anybody. So they brought him, they lived up out in the country on the other side of Howard, up in Elk County. But he had a, his mother's mother lived in Independence, and they brought him down here for her to see about, but she was old and he was just too much little boy for her. And a gentleman that owned a drugstore here in Independence sometimes would take youngsters into his home and uh, see about them, the runaway kids and the ones they'd pick up down and around the railroad tracks and things. And he uh, took my dad in when he was like seven years old and kept him clear through high school, put him through high school and he lived there with Mr. Oh. Fowler. His name Mr. was yeah. Fowler, it was his name. And he at one time was mayor of Independence. He was a, a well-known local businessman and a business owner. And dad delivered, when he got bigger, delivered drugs on his bicycle for Mr. Fowler. And uh, he thought a lot of him. He was a good man and he was a widower. His wife had passed and he had a housekeeper that kind of helped take care of the boys. Her name was Viney Compton, I remember. And she was a large lady and real nice. And, and I used to mow her yard when I got bigger for 50 cents, but she was a nice lady. He uh, was related to Oscar O'Brien, who was a well-known local attorney and a board member at the Building and Loan. And that, Mr. Fowler was? Mm-hmm. That was his brother-in-law. So that was good for my dad. When, when my dad first stayed with Mr. Fowler, when he got his first grade card, <clears throat> he got all Fs. And when he graduated from high school, he was on the honor roll. And that was Mr. Fowler's influence. And Mr. Fowler's dad lived there <clears throat> part of the time when, uh, when dad was growing up. And he was good to help dad with his lessons. And Mr. Fowler's dad, excuse me, I know. <clears throat> I don't know where I am in my story, but well, that was my dad. Why was, why was your dad? so influential why do, why do you feel he was the most influential person in your life he was a strong man morally and physically he was the champion wrestler in high school and he uh, was a hard worker and a and a christian gentleman that my dad's nephew uh, was pastor of the United Brethren Church as I was growing up <clears throat> and uh, my grandparents always went to church and my dad of course had mid church so he got to go on with my mother after they were married to church and he just he was just a good honest person and hard working and 
I don't know, he was just a good man. I was showing some pictures of him to my neighbor who <clears throat> helps me do some things and he said he thought he looked like a movie star. I should have brought a picture of him. He was a good looking man and, and a good man. He never would say bad things about people or run them down. Or Who were some of your friends growing up? Well, my schoolmates, classmates, uh, Bill Callahan and Frank Moses and Tom Smith and, uh, oh, several guys. I was thinking, when I was thinking about coming up here, you'd be surprised at how many of my high school I've been helping run a get-together every year for our class of 1947 members. We have last two or three times down Uncle Jack's. And just as I can think offhand, Rosella Wallace Went was in my class. They live out on Peter, you know the Wentz? Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, uh, Jean Garrison had the filling station there on North Penn, and Jim Aiken lives out on Route 1, and across the road lives Mary Pittman Torrance, was in my class. She goes down to Archer. I still go down there to 13th and Main. I've been a member there 72 years. And... Which church was that? It's now the United Methodist, Grace oh, Memorial United yeah. Methodist. It's at 13th and Main. And, of course, Robert Wesley. And uh, who else? Let me think, who was at our last deal? Oh, Mary Lou Raider Erickson lives in Coffeeville. And one of the gals that see about it, Ruth Jean Hilly Gascoigne, her name is now. Her dad had Hilly Music mm -hmm. where Uncle Jack's is. And uh, she uh, lives up in Overland Park. And I talked to her quite a bit. Oh. Some others, I... You have get-togethers every year, or...? Yes. When's your next one coming up? Oh, we do it when they have the 50th class reunion here, the, when you've been out of high school 50 years, it's your turn to see about it. And when we did that, uh, I guess I was the master of ceremonies for that occasion. And uh, since then, we've just met every year, just Regine, is one who wanted to do that, and she always comes down. Oh, Beth Ann Clayton lives up there. Uh, uh, Paul Veets's wife's sister, Beth Ann. Paul Veets' wife died. And one of my classmates just died, Eleanor uh, Sharp Tietrich. Do you know Millie Sands? Yes. Her sister, uh, Ellie, was in my class. And uh, Several of them, of course, are gone now. Well, I would love to do interviews with other class members if you put in a good word for me. Yeah, I'd be, be happy to. I was just trying to think. Robert Wesley would be an excellent uh -huh. source, I would think. And uh, and uh, uh, Rosella can't get out much. She's just not getting around very good. And uh, and uh, she, uh, I noticed he goes to the store for her. And, she just hadn't been very well. Oh, uh, Beverly Thompson Pittman 
was in my class. She lives here with her daughter. She was in the nursing home down on South 8, but I believe now she lives with her daughter. She was a classmate. So let's talk a little bit. Part of the reason we're here today has to do with the Created Equal series of programs that we have coming up. And um, we talked a little bit about discrimination, civil rights, um, the violence that went on um, here in Independence. What was, what was it like? Um, well, before my time, I can remember Mother talking about they had kind of a race riot here way back years ago when Mother was a little girl. I guess it was 1921s when they had one in Tulsa, I think, but it was around that time. And I've heard her tell about my grandpa and his brother sitting in the living room with long guns, rifles, all night. They lived down on the edge of Agonippi Park, which was where a lot of black people lived, and uh, they were, it was just not a good time. And uh, Where's, Where was that park? It's a, that's the name of an addition. Uh, Agonippi Park is down this, towards the cement, cement Street and Coffeeville mm -hmm. Avenue and down in there. Like I live in Belmont addition, you know, it's an addition, it's a area, it isn't a park, it was a, that was okay. the name of that part of town. And, but I don't, uh, you know, we didn't, I went to grade school with uh, minorities and uh, we didn't have much trouble in grade school or even high school, I remember. It didn't seem like discrimination because it just kind of the way things were, you didn't think about. The fact that they had to sit in the balcony at the picture show and that the boys couldn't play on the football team or the basketball team. They had their own basketball team. Robert Wesley played on it, if I remember correctly. And they just, you know, had to sit in the balcony at the picture show in the back of the streetcar. In fact, the inner urbans. It was partitioned off the rear of it was with a door. There was, you couldn't even sit in the same area with any of the minorities. There weren't very many Mexicans or... Uh, American Indian? No, no, no. I just rented a house to a, a young lady that's Korean you know, but we didn't have those back when I was growing up. It was just, just white or black, and the blacks just had quite a bit the worst of it because, you know, they didn't get the good jobs, and there weren't any black policemen, and there weren't any. Do you black. remember who the first black policeman was? Yeah, his name was Ben Mosley. And uh, the school administrators were all white, and. Uh, Ministers were all white, and the, the blacks went to one church, and we went to another one, and it was, it was just separate. 
and uh, black boys didn't go with white girls and like that and white boys didn't go with black girls it just wasn't there wasn't we, 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 you know yeah. but that I didn't ever think about it being that I was being discriminatory because I don't have that feeling so much is it's just that's just the way things were you know and of course it was worse down in down in the south my goodness say I can remember being someplace down there after I got grown walking down the sidewalk and when you'd meet a black person they'd step off the sidewalk into the street they, when he, they didn't even walk on the same sidewalk with you you know that I was didn't think that was right <laughs> but I know now a lot of things that happened weren't right but oh they didn't I was a lifeguard at the municipal pool and of course blacks used a swimming pool it's a city pool but uh, whites only did they have, was there another pool or? Yes, but it was only about six feet deep. It wasn't a very, it was over in the, where the playground part, there was one that the blacks could use, but it wasn't more like a wading pool than a swimming pool. Ask me another question. Okay. <laughs> Um, what about during the, the 60s or when the civil rights movement became more vocal? Well, uh, how was that here in Independence? Well, we'd hear Martin Luther King, you know, we'd see him on television, hear him making speeches down there and trying to help things get better. And were there any acts of violence here in Independence? Not that I'm aware of. I just we didn't have much trouble, you know. There's not. I don't recall. Have, do you remember hearing any stories about the Ku Klux Klan being active here in Independence? No, they they weren't active here in Independence. You'd hear about them, and you knew they were active in a lot of places. But uh, if there was any, what they call those. Clavin or something like that. If there were a group like that around here, I, I wasn't aware of it. And I'm not now. I've never heard of it. They didn't have any members here that I know of. We didn't have much trouble. My wife was raised in the Odisha and they didn't have any blacks over there. The blacks weren't allowed to buy property inside the city limits in the Odisha. And they, there were a couple of families out in the country. What was your wife's name? Uh, Willard was her maiden name, her name. What was her first name? Donna, Donna. Laverne Willard. She always went by Laverne. She's a twin, had a twin sister, LaVon, who's now in an assisted living deal in Joplin. She has Alzheimer's. Your wife's still living? Yes. Yes. She's two years younger than I am, and she's not in very good health, but she can't drive anymore. But outside of that, she gets by pretty good. She had some, several surgeries and both her knees replaced. And, but she does pretty good. Would you like to talk about your children? 
my children, sure. Uh, as I told you, our oldest girl, Susan, both my girls in high school and junior college were cheerleaders. And our older girl was the basketball queen one year. And anyway, she uh, uh, was on the honor roll. She was an excellent student. And she got married, and her husband married a local boy, and his he was still in school, and he was studying at KU Med Center as a physical therapist. And they were coming home for my wife's birthday in July of 1973, and it was raining hard, and they came over. That road didn't like that anymore in Iola, but they came over that overpass, and the car slid on the rainy pavement sideways, and a car T-boned them and killed my daughter. And it didn't hurt my son at all. You don't know it hit on the passenger side, and so he wasn't injured. And uh, so we lost her and my younger. What was his name? Jim Nance was her husband's name. But they didn't have children, so that was lucky. And my younger daughter, Cindy, she was uh, did floor exercises in her for the Niwala deal. She got chosen to do a floor exercise down at the old Beldorf Theater where they used to have that. And she was a pretty good gymnast, and uh, she wasn't as good a student as the older girl, but she did all right. I think she was in the top 10% of her class. She got to wear some special thing on her graduation gown, I think. And she went to finish junior college, and then they went to, she went to Wichita first, and then to Manhattan, where she met the guy she's married to now. And uh, he was a student at K-State, a veterinary student, and he went there nine years and graduated as a veterinarian. And they moved first to Springfield and then to Olin Park where he first worked in an emergency clinic for animals. And then he established a clinic of his own and kept that for some time. And then he sold that clinic. And Cindy has worked at over an elementary school for quite a while. And after that, she worked at a couple of libraries up there. She's a big library person and a big reader, and she's not working now since Tad got a really good job now. And What's her husband's name? Tad Coles, C-O-L-E-S. And like I say, he was raised in the Shawnee Mission where he was born. And my granddaughter is the children's librarian at Gardner out near Olathe, but she only works 20 hours a week because she's got a four and a two-year-old, and my daughter takes care of those little kids 20 hours a week. My granddaughter works, and, and she's really having fun with them. And We were up there Christmas, and they really, we thank a lot of them, of course, and so does Cindy. She calls us up and tells us what cute things they do, and got some kitty stories, and What's your granddaughter's name? Uh, Cassie. What's her last name? 
Um, McGuire. McGuire. Mm -hmm. He works in a, her husband works in a veterinary clinic as a, a veterinarian associate kind and helps him see about the animals. And like I say, Cassie works over there at the library. So just the one grandchild? No. Uh, she has a brother, a younger brother, Jacob, and he just finished working five years at Jack Stack. Did you ever hear of that? You have. If you lived up there, you know where that was down there at 95th. Well, he still works at 95th and Metcalf's where their business is there. And here a few days ago, he'd been there five years, and the, whoever the guys that runs it gave him a $500 bonus for length of service bonus some way, and so he was pleased about that. But he's single, so. Wow. Um, you said your dad was the uh, most influential person. Were there any other role models that you had growing up? Or, oh, I don't know. Or do you have any personal heroes? Well. Anyone that you really admired? Nobody that I was really that close to. Uh, I started playing golf when I was 35, and I, and I didn't have time for anything else, hardly. And... Uh, but somebody like Arnold Palmer was a role model for me. I admired him and uh, some sports figures, but no, I can't think of any uh, teacher or minister or anybody that was, that was a mentor for me, really. Are there any world events that stand out in your, in your mind over your lifetime? Oh, I was impressed uh, uh, by the space program and going to the moon. Uh, as an aside, I was eating at, at a lunch counter here in town one time, and an older gentleman came in there. That road out there is named after him now, uh, out south of town. Uh, I'll think of his name in a minute. And uh, it came on the radio, they had the radio playing, and they were talking about landing on the moon. And, and I'd known him, I knew his family and known him since I was a little boy. He was a friend of my grandpa's. And I said, that's really something, isn't that amazing? And he said, do you believe that? I said, do I believe? He said, do you believe they really went to the moon? I said, well, sure, don't you believe it? He said, have you ever been out at night and looked up there at the moon and you're going to tell me you think a man went up there and stood on the moon? I said, well, I'm pretty sure he did. And he said, it's not right. I said, That's, that never happened. He said, that's just propaganda trying to get those Russians upset. And he said, that never happened. Couldn't happen. There's no way. <laughs> Isn't that something? Uh -huh. Wingard, Wingard Road. That was Mr. Wingard. He was a nice old man, but he didn't believe that propaganda. I can tell you, when my dad was in grade school at the Willard School, which is down on South 2nd Street, uh, somebody flew a biplane out just off East Main where that 
and landed out there and the school kids all ran clear out there to see that airplane. So in my dad's lifetime from being a little boy seeing his first airplane to them landing on the moon that all occurred within his lifetime. That's amazing the progress that we've made in, in those areas. Is there anything else? Oh, <laughs> I don't think of anything. Just do you, do you use computers? I'm sorry. Do you use computers? No, uh, my daughter's wanted me to get one, and I don't want, have one of those high-powered telephones either. I just I wouldn't know how to run them, and I didn't think I wanted to learn. And I'd probably like a computer. Everybody says I would, but I don't have one. I can tell you what the little AT&T, I've had an AT&T landline ever since we were married and the little AT&T gal called me up here recently and wanted to bundle the services, you know. I said, well, you know, that won't help me. I don't have a computer. And she didn't say anything for a minute and then she said, well, how do you get your email? <laughs> so that's how kids think, you know. Were you ever involved in any... Um organizations here in Independence, like the Lions Club? I belonged to the Metro Club and the Elks Club. What was the Metro Club? That was some young guys. We were all in our 20s and 30s, and it was kind of a, like a civic club, like, I don't remember what, that we did anything all that great. We had some projects, gosh, that's been so long ago, and it, I don't know what ever happened to that deal. They don't have that anymore. My dad belonged to the Kiwanis Club. My dad was a big supporter of the Salvation Army. He was on their board, and uh, they gave him a nice plaque that he had hanging in the office because uh, he'd been uh, Mr. Woods of the Woods Lumber Company, the older, uh, got dad involved with that. and. They, he liked helping people and doing things for people, and, and he was associated with that for a number of years. Um, and what other organization were you involved in? Elks Club. Elks Club. That's because of the golf course. Uh -huh. You have to join the Elks Club to, that before that course out north of town at uh -huh. the Country Club was the Elks Club had that golf course. And the country club was out where the college is now. They had a little nine-hole course out there. But then they, the Elks Club didn't have the money really to run this, so the country club guys bought it and moved out there where they are now. Do you still play golf? Not very well. <laughs> <laughs> but do you play? Oh, yeah, I've still got my golf. I didn't play much last summer. Uh, I've been having knee trouble in it. Really, I don't get around very good, and I used to be able to play a little bit, and now I can't play any good at all. It's very discouraging to me. To, so I had I didn't play much last summer, but before that I played about every day. For well, I've been a member of the country club for 50 years, so I played a lot of golf mm -hmm. and all over, like. Old Mexico and California and wow. Texas and every what place. What's the best golf course you ever played on? Oh, let's see. I believe Prairie Dunes at Hutchinson. Mm -hmm. 
it's a magnificent golf course and it's different than there aren't any trees and it just and one of my best friends won the state amateur championship there on that golf course and Odie Wilson and uh, he was a real player and he he was a mentor to me in my golf game and helped me and he wanted me to play good and some guys he teased and and make fun of him, but he always tried to help me and wanted me to play good, and uh, and I did finally get where I could play a little. Wow! And it was his fault. And Dave Dennis was a help me. Do you know his name? He is yeah. in, in the insurance agency. Oh uh, yes, Dennis and Michael. Yeah, boy, his boy is still in it, but uh -huh. Dave's up in Oldham Park and. Uh, Deal, he fell and broke his hip, and, and he tried to get out of bed and broke his leg, and he just having an awful time. I was, I saw him Christmas when I was up there, and he's a, he's a great guy. Looking back over your life, um, what was the most important event in your life? I believe the birth of our daughter. Mm -hmm. My wife has an identical twin sister, and they say twins don't have twins, but my wife had twins, but one was stillborn. There's two oh. girls, and uh, oh. so they do have twins, but... Uh -huh. but uh, was this your daughter that, that died in the car ride? Yes. Oh. No, my wife. Your wife had... My, my daughter that got killed in a car wreck was one of those twins right. that, right. that the, her twin was stillborn. Uh -huh. But that was a big event, and uh -huh. she was our first child, and my folks' first grandchild, and mm -hmm. my uh, grandparents was their first great-grandchild, and uh, you know, just a big deal. Very you know? special. Yeah, it was. I have one more question. How would you like people to remember you? How would you like to be remembered? I would hope that they might think that I was a good-hearted, Christian gentleman. I was kind of a rowdy when I was young, I guess. I got to run around some old boys and was kind of tough, I guess you'd say. They, they weren't dishonest, or, but they were kind of, we'd get in fights and, and drank a lot and just like young men do, ornery. But I got over that when, after we had that baby, my wife thought I'd ought to quit smoking, and so I did. I didn't quit drinking until after that, but I quit fighting and quit mm -hmm. misbehaving. And I just like to be remembered as a reasonable sort of guy that like to play golf. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to add or anything you'd like to say? Oh, I don't know. I can't think of anything just offhand. Sometimes when you're talking about something, it reminds you of something else, mm -hmm. you know, that you can remember. But I've never had this type of discussion before, I don't guess, about my background. Well, I'll make a deal with you. All right. Um, if you think of something else, uh, write it down. 
if you think of some other things you'd like to talk about, and we'll do another interview because it's been really interesting. Well, that sounds reasonable. With you this morning, I learned all kinds of things. And I'm sure when I leave here, I'll think of something I wish I'd have told you. <laughs> well, you just um, write those down, and we'll we'll get together and do this again. Tell me about the lake. All right. Well, uh, my folks owned a farm out on the other side of the lake. Uh, oh, if you'd go up Sweeney's Hill, you know Sweeney's yes, Hill? Yes. And then go west down there about two or three miles and then jog back south. Uh -huh. They had a, a small acreage in there and Dad uh -huh. uh, built a little place out there where he and Mother could go on weekends and he could get away from the telephone because uh -huh. we didn't have cell phones and they didn't have a phone landline out there and so uh, when they were building that lake while well, we'd go out by there and keep track of them and everything and finally when they got it all the dam all finished and everything and they were going to start putting the water in there trapping the water dad had a jeep and so I took my wife and the two girls and we drove down there and drove all around on the floor of the oh. lake and, and piddled around uh -huh. and went back to the farm and they filled the lake up so I know we were some of the last ones that were ever on the floor oh, yeah. of that lake because yeah. <laughs> you had almost had to have a jeep to get around uh -huh. you know something the four-wheel drive and uh, oh, yeah. so who all who all lived out there do you just, remember uh, where the lake is now yes uh, the some of the land they bought Nelson Buckle's wife was a Swearingen, and some, they owned some of that land that uh, out there. And oh, back at the time, I knew several of the farmers that the lake took their land. Mm -hmm. uh, Did you know Sweeney? No. 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 That, my my husband's um, dad used to go out to to Sweeney's house. Oh. Um, he used to go hunting and yeah. fishing out in those areas. Yeah. And, so when his his dad passed away, he was cremated and wanted his ashes sprinkled sure. in Sweeney's Canyon. Well, so that's where my well, how nice. is now. Yeah. No, so. I didn't. Uh, my dad did some work for a guy named Hess, and they had a lake. If you go like he's going to Elk City before you make that last bend, uh -huh. uh, on the south of there, they have Hess Lake it was, and they uh -huh. had it all fenced in at Lock uh -huh. Gate. And they gave Dad a key to that gate because he, they'd become friends while he did some oh, work for him and everything. And so we'd go out there to Hess Lake and piddle around. And Mom and my sister would take. My sister had three boys, and 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 Mom had the two girls, and they'd all go camping out at Hess Lake. And, wow. and Dad bought them a nice tent. And they'd go out there and they had a rowboat. Well, play. Mr. Mr. Cooley. Thank you so very much. Well, I it's appreciate been very nice it. visiting with I you. I appreciate and, uh, it.